Hi, Jerry Taylor. Yes. Good to see you. Oh, it's my pleasure. You represent American Renaissance. What work does American Renaissance do? We are engaged in what we call race realism and white advocacy. Race realism is a recognition that race is a genuine biological phenomenon, that the races are different, and that race is an important part of individual and group identity. White advocacy is recognition of the fact that whites, as a group, have legitimate interests that they must defend, just as all other racial groups have their own legitimate interests. And to the folks who would deny the biological reality of race, what would you say to them? Open your eyes. Look around you. The idea that somehow race is not a biological phenomenon, it's just incredibly and obviously wrong. Would they say that uh, a Saint Bernard is essentially the same thing as a dachshund? The fact is, in among the human races, about 15% of the human genome is patterned differently according to race. When it comes to dogs, about 30% of the dog genome is patterned differently according to dog breed. But we're talking about exactly the same kinds of difference. Obviously, human beings are not as different as chihuahuas are from Great Danes. But we are, obviously, biologically different. And to pretend otherwise is just pure fantasy and foolishness. And the demographics in America are changing quite quickly. Some people say that advocating for white interests are, is ridiculous. There's no reason for it. Could you maybe address uh, how quickly things are changing? Uh, how quickly things have changed in the last 70 years? Well, in 1965, we changed our immigration policies. Up until then, we had an immigration policy that was designed to keep the United States majority European. It was very difficult to immigrate if you were an African or an Asian, and Latin Americans didn't even try to immigrate. At that time, we changed our immigration policy, and since then, there's been a huge influx of non-whites in the United States. The U.S. is now maybe 62, 63% white, and according to Census Bureau projections, we will be a minority in about 2042-2043. White people did not ask to become a minority. This is something that happened almost as an afterthought, as a part of a congressional law that was touted as something that would have no great significance. But the United States is essentially becoming a third world country. And unless whites are prepared to do something about it, they will become not only a numerical minority, but in fact a hated and despised minority. Because whites are officially to blame for the shortcomings of all non-whites. Can you tell us, uh, is there a political solution to what's happening in America? Could things be done at a political level to change things? Or um, are things too bleak to deal with this issue at a political level? I think it would be very, very difficult to end all immigration, for example. There are too many non-white immigrants already in the country, and they want to have an open immigration policy. Mexicans, Latin Americans, Asians, they all want the country to become more Mexican or Latin American or Asian. It's understandable that they want the country to be more like themselves. There are so many of them now that it would be difficult 
to get Congress to pass a law that would stop immigration dead in its tracks. Uh, it's equally, it's even more difficult to imagine an immigration policy that was restricted to, say, Europeans, white people. I mean, that's the kind of immigration policy we had in the past. Very difficult to imagine going back to that. But if it were up to me, we would have an immigration policy that was restricted to Europeans. I suspect that South Africa, uh, maybe 10 years, 15, 20 years from now, I suspect that white South Africans will be streaming out of their country with just the clothes on their backs. Where will they go? I suspect they'll have a hard time finding any place to take them in because most white countries will say, oh, well, you were wicked apartheid racists. You deserve whatever horrible treatment you're getting at the hands of these noble victimized blacks. But in any case, if we had an immigration policy that welcomed Europeans but was closed to others, that would be a step in the right direction. But given the current intellectual climate and the political realities in the United States, that's really unthinkable. Right. Could you tell us about this idea that diversity is a strength? Very frequently when you speak to liberals, they will just say, uh, we need immigration because it makes us stronger. Uh, this is one of these utterly preposterous ideas which uh, just the, the slightest investigation causes to crumble to dust. Uh, I, I, I would love to know from a proponent of diversity, give me one good thing that diversity does in the United States. Uh, does it uh, reduce acid rain? Does it increase GDP? Uh, does it uh, help restore the ozone layer? What is this great thing that it's supposed to be doing? When you ask people in concrete terms, what does diversity do? Occasionally they'll say, well, we get better ethnic restaurants. That's about the only thing they can ever come up with. What does it really do for America? No, it causes dissension, conflict, all sorts of tension. Everything becomes a jostling match between different racial groups. It's obviously and spectacularly a weakness. But, like so many things in the United States, it's one of these utter preposterous lies that everyone is supposed to believe. What is your theory as to why hate white people seem to hate themselves? Why is there this uh, hatred of oneself? I don't have a good explanation for that. It's without precedent in the history of the world that a dominant people, numerically, culturally, physically, economically, should be prepared to walk off the stage of history. Why should white people want to become a minority? And yet, many white people persuade themselves that virtue requires that they become a minority. Uh, I, think, I think of this as a kind of suicidal sickness. It's a suicidal sickness that affects practically all white populations outside of Eastern Europe, but it affects only white populations. If you were to say, if you were to go to China and say, well, not a bad country you have here, but you know, what you need is diversity. You know, maybe a million Pakistanis, you know, or maybe a couple hundred thousand Haitians. That would really ginger the place up, you know. That's really what you guys need. Too many damn Chinese in China. They'd call for the men in the white suits. They'd put you in a padded cell, and they'd be right. It's only white people who fall for this kind of utterly, utterly suicidal nonsense. Can you tell us about your experience of censorship? This evening you mentioned that Alex Jones was shut down across multiple platforms within a week. How has your organization been affected 
by big tech? Well, we've had a kind of piecemeal assaults on American Renaissance. Uh, we lost our PayPal account uh, oh, a couple of years ago. They took away my personal account as well, despite the fact that all I did was uh, buy and sell things on eBay, for example. Uh, we've had uh, email uh, programs, MailChimp, Constant Contact, uh, they refused to do business with us. We had uh, a Facebook account, that account's been obliterated. I had a personal Twitter account and American Renaissance had uh, a corporate account. They were both obliterated. And so uh, these things have been, uh, it hasn't happened all at once the way it happened to Alex Jones. Also, we have YouTube videos that are really one of our most important means for outreach. And uh, sometimes they are restricted. Occasionally they are completely taken down. We really are at the mercy of big tech. If uh, I feel as though uh, we are, uh, oh, what was that? The Jonathan Edwards, uh, the famous sermon about uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. You are hanging by a spider's thread above the fiery pit. Well, as far as our YouTube is, YouTube channel is concerned, we're hanging by a spider's thread above the fiery pit. If young people are watching this, how, if they would like to volunteer or get involved in your organization, uh, what is the best way for them to take steps forward? Well, uh, I hate to sound cynical about this, but we have pretty much all of the technological and manpower capabilities we need. What we need, actually, is donations. And I hate to rattle the tin cup, but uh, the most useful thing that uh, probably your viewers can do is contribute. We, uh, if American citizens can contribute in a tax-deductible manner, but people in other countries, uh, uh, we have a number of contributors from overseas, but if you go to our webpage at amren.com, you can make a donation. Again, I hate to sound mercenary, but that is uh, the most effective way most people can help us. Now, of course, people in their own lives can talk to their friends, their colleagues, their families about some of the ideas of American Renaissance and about this terrible crisis that white people are facing all around the world. This is one way that all of us can be effective in trying to awaken white people from this suicidal slumber that will eventually just result in their oblivion, their extinction, unless they take measures to prevent it. Jared Taylor, thank you so much for chatting to Radio Hazard.